Coming to you from the weirdest city in the world, Austin, Texas. This is the Sports Buzz. With your host, Spencer Spillman. God damn it, man. I swear you guys whip on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. And his co-host, Zach Chandonet. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! And of course, the extremely unqualified producer, Ballot. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know I'm doing it really, really well. Time to sit back, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the ride. Here's your host. Oh, I almost forgot. Our favorite expert, Chad Goodall. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Let's get this thing started. Cheers. Hey there, hi there, ho there, everybody. Today is Tuesday, July 17th, and we are recording from the beautiful Casa de Ballad here in Austin, Texas. Ballad, thank you for hosting us. Oh. Oh. Hey, Hank. It's a little, got me a little worried there. Man wants a hammer. Yeah, he's, he's got things to fix. Uh, but the show is not one. You're listening to the Sports Buzz which is the podcast where we talk sports and get our buzz on. And that buzz ballad is always brought to us by who? The beautiful, the delicious, the all-time great, the beautiful Strange Land Brewery. Ah, beer for any, every, and all occasions. Yeah, it is. Uh, thanks for helping me out there, Bella. We, we're, we're, we're at a loss of people, and we're just not getting the beers ready. I mean, it's it's... It's a mess here without Dale. I mean, you're the talent. I'm the beauty. You know, we can't be responsible for everything that happens on yeah. the show. And if, if my records are correct, Dale's supposed to be opening beers for us, but uh, alas. You he, know, that's a good point. He's not here. You know, I opened it up for him last week. Or I, I presented him with the beer as a as a surprise because he uh, was didn't show up for the first time. Well, he he cried. I, uh, we, we all heard him crying about it. And, uh, and, and they're now not here to open up beers for us either, so... Real disappointment. That's a damn shame. Chad also not in studio, but our boy Domingo the Flamingo is always early and here, ready to go. And uh, it looks like Lana woke up for the amateur hour, so she she knew what time it was. It was time to get our sports buzz on. But uh, Ballad, you got any updates from the brewery? Uh, the update is there are going to be a lot of updates. They are releasing new beers every month, so be on the lookout right now. You can find the Peach Berlin Weiss. Again, sure I'm saying that wrong, but it is available. Uh, if you taste it, you know it tastes right. Uh, go check out their brewery, though, uh, right at 360 and Bee Caves, um, and sign up to be part of their Flamingo Club. It's 50 bucks, gets you a free beer every time you go to the brewery, which will pay for itself in, I'm sure, like three visits. A matter of visits. And you also get discounts on their events as well as their merchandise. So um, not a bad deal. And make sure you tell them the guys from Sportsbook sent you. Give them a follow at Strangeland Brew. Yeah, they're they're fantastic people, and they will always show you a good time. Uh, we're gonna host a little bit of a good time here, uh, and you can always find us on Twitter at SportsBuzzTX. We are also on Facebook, um, SoundCloud, iTunes. 
We're on, we're on the major platforms. We're, we're the, doing big things right now. All the places that matter. Yeah. So uh, check us out. Give us a subscription. Uh, give us a five-star review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear, and we will always try to fill it in, even if we're not good at it. Uh, and, of course, our other sponsors, Mountain Breeze Campground and River Outfitters down in New Braunfels. Uh, they have live music every Saturday, uh, and it is always a party out on the river. It's floating a little slow, but as we always say, slow is good. Slow, slow means good. more beer. Um, so check them out. They're at mountainbreezecamp.com, uh, and you can get all of their information online. Yes, you can. Uh, this is the Amateur Hour. I'm supposed to mention that. That's what it says on this piece of paper. So... Uh, we're going to have an amateur show for you. We're going to yeah, we try are. to do our best, but, you know, no promises. We, we can't make promises that we can't keep on here. So I'll make a promise that we will make no promises. We won't do that. Yeah, exactly. Which uh, I think I just you know probably broke a promise right there. Yeah, we'll have to check the tape. Yeah, we'll check the tape. So we may never get to that. But, uh, of course, we got a full show for you. We got some show business to talk about. Uh, the World Cup is over, so tears have been shed. Uh, but it's time to move on in sports. Uh, of course, chicken wings. It's our, it's our favorite favorite Ooh. snack of the week. Uh, You're gonna like what I got for you this week. Oh. You'll be glad you showed up. Oh, I'm I'm already excited. Mm. Uh, and of course, we got some wrestling updates from Fargo. Yeah, we do. Front page news, first impressions, and as always, we end it with a nightcap. So let's go ahead and get this show started, Ballad. Let's do it. So, as we mentioned, we are missing a couple people today. Dale out on family business. Uh, we wish him and his family the best. Chad? Business business. N- business business. At least that's what he would have us think. Um, You know what? I-, I got an idea. Let's give Chad a call. Let's, let's see what he's actually let's, up to. Let's give Chad a call. This is not on the show guide. Um, I actually thought about putting it in and just totally slipped my mind. So yeah, we, didn't, we didn't need it there, though. What are, what are the odds that Chad takes this call at 9 o'clock on a Tuesday? Saying your odds are pretty good, but it's probably closer to three to one. Let's see here. So we're only making one phone call, though. (laughs) Come on, chat. This vacuum insulation just gonna take all day. See we see we got here. What's up, buddy? Oh, Chad, welcome on to the sports buzz. How's the evening going? What's going on, fellas? Uh. Ballad and Coach calling you, getting started in the amateur hour, just in the middle of the show business, trying to figure out why you're not here. Well, I'm not there. So I am currently traveling um, for business right now. Uh, I was in Brownsville today and uh, actually crossed the border. I was in Mexico for a little while today. And uh, now I'm in Corpus. I got a meeting in the morning tomorrow. And then I'm headed to Houston to support uh, our fellow companion and uh, Spencer and the trial and tribulations that um, his family's going through right now. So yeah, we we were just saying that uh, spent uh, Dale out on family business, you out on business business. So I guess our speculations were correct. Yep, absolutely. Speculations yeah. were correct. Um, I don't know what the over under was on it, but uh, you know, you guys are probably probably right. Well, By hey- the way, um, I that I did take a, um, a futures bet on Aaron Judge in the first homer in the All-Star Oh, game. shit. <laughs> no, you did not. Yes, I did. That's see, amazing. See, Ballad, so when you thought I was actually cheering for a New York Yankee, I was really cheering for our co-host, Chad, because, you know, we talked about it, obviously, and uh, we had to support his bet. 
Chad, you should have seen this guy. He's got a, a Red Sox jersey, a Red Sox hat, and Aaron Judge, the Yankee, hits a home run, and he like jumps out of his chair. It was one of. I wish I had it on camera. <laughs> oh, I mean, hey, hey, when money's on the line, you do what you got to do. You just hope that at the end of the day, your team wins the game. You know. Absolutely. Well, uh, though, Ch- I don't know how your team will win the All Star game, but. Yeah. It all works out. Well, Chad, I'm glad you picked up because now that we're in the amateur hour, we thought we'd talk about your amateur golf game. Uh, we played a little bit, a little round of golf on Friday. I, I thought we'd uh, we'd hear your side of how that round went. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, started off, started off kind of good. Um, again, we played on like definitely a ballot size course. Um, it, was, it, was, it was definitely a fun size course. And uh, I, I think I flew the first, like, six grains. Just <laughs> it right over them. Uh, they're all fine. They look good. Up until they went over, over the green. So uh, definitely have some things we need to work on. Uh, but I will be back. I will be back stronger than ever. Uh, I, I, took, I actually brought my, my hogs with me. So nice. that I could practice a little bit in the hotel rooms. So. Well, after that round, you need all the practice you can get. Um, Coach and I were debating. Uh, I have now beat you in golf. I've beat Dale in golf. If Coach beats me, does that make him the best golfer in the in the podcast, or how does that situation work out? Uh, you know, um, if, if we go off of your theory on how Auburn should have been the national champions, then I think that is correct. I think Coach would then be the best golfer out of the podcast. Yeah, we were actually saying how that would make Ballad exactly Auburn, and then I would become the UCF Golden Knights and, of course, the grand champion of everything. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we, we actually deemed you Georgia, wondering what the hell you're even doing on a golf course. <laughs> that, that makes total sense. I completely agree with you guys. Um, you know, uh, I, I will say that I did break a couple of my clubs uh, out of frustration, but... Uh, I will do that, stronger than ever. Just, just prepare yourself, Ballad. Just prepare yourself. Uh, I, I will be back, and uh, we might have to up the ante this time. Oh, I like, I like the sound of that. Um, Chad, glad you picked up. We're gonna let you get back to your evening, but thanks for taking a call in the sports buzz. Absolutely, buddies. You guys take it easy, all right? Have well, a well, maybe see you next week. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? That's I mean, it. It, it definitely speculate on. Nice. Safe travels, buddy, and uh, keep keep getting at those vacuum sales, man. They ain't gonna sell themselves. Well, you're the expert. Yeah, Adios, amigo. Later, guys. Hey, and that was quick catch up with Chad Goodall. Three to one, huh? That would have been. Uh, hey, nice it looks like all our bets are paying out right now. Uh, but we do have one bet that's not looking great, and that's our show bet, obviously. Uh, it is two to one the American League right now in the bottom of the fifth with a quick two outs, and uh, we took the over seven, so we're in a little bit of trouble right now. We need these bats to get hot. We need to stop having solo home runs and get home runs with more people on base because this is this is not good. If these are the best people in baseball, they don't even know how to be efficient. You know, you want to <laughs> hit home runs when you've got people on base. I'm not a baseball expert, and I know that that's good baseball strategy. Like save your home runs. Right? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's how that's how baseball works. Right? Anytime you can save them for more runs. Uh, speaking of saving, uh, you might have to save the show come August because I'm leaving for a what feels like an eternity. Um, it basically is. Yeah, August twentieth, I go across the sea to Thailand uh, with my love Haley, and 
the show is going to try to go on. Uh, Coach, you just got your first kind of introduction into how the sausage gets made. Um, if I turned it over to you today, do you, do you think you could get this thing online? Oh, I think we would get a hot dog out of this because uh, it's there's a lot of buttons in front of me. I don't know. I got a good crash course, but uh, I think the odds are looking better than they were last week. Uh, I mean, I know you guys ripped me for for never showing up again. Uh, we thought Coach was done, retired from the podcast. But uh, alas, I am here. I am stronger than ever. And uh, I'm running this shit right now. So come soon enough, it looks like I may have to be producing this shit as well. So I have faith. I think uh, I, I first have faith in my ability to teach. And I think you guys can figure out how to learn. So I, I think it's going to be okay. Well, as they say, Ballad, there is strength in numbers. However, we're more like the Three Stooges on here. Right. So we will see how this shakes out. And it looks like we may get another. Oh, no, of course not. There's a runner on base. So why would we have a home run? No, of course um, not. I apologize for that bad radio. Hmm. Um, but yeah, um, so you'll be gone for a long time. We will either have a show or not when you come back. Um, so you didn't make it last week to the show. Did you do anything over the weekend? I did a lot of things, actually. Uh, I had a conference last week, which I was partially getting prepared for, partially having other priorities in line. Um, sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it was nonsense, actually. But this weekend, I went over to a good friend of my fiance Emily's, a co-worker of hers. Fiance. Who happens to be from France, uh, as well as her husband, and uh, they were very excited that France made the World Cup Finals, so they generously offered us invitations to come join with them watch. And so I said, you know what, for your hospitality, I'm going to go ahead and bring some beer. Nice. And of course, lo and behold, I go to HEB, and right on the shelf is those beautiful graffiti cans. They had both the Margarita Goza and the peach Berliner Weiss. So I got one sold out. I got both of them. Uh, And we went over there and had a fantastic time. Nice. Which brings us into our first little segment, and we're going to talk about the World Cup. Let's do it. Uh, Of course, France. Real quick, by the way. Yes. Brinton, our our Brit, our American Brit. uh, Very sad. Uh, He wanted to come on the show today, but uh, he may have had it. Let's just say they're having some... I don't know how to say this without saying it, but they were in the hospital for good reasons. If you have been listening to the show, you oh, know that uh, that his wife um, has been working double time. Yeah. Um, so I want to jinx it. I haven't talked to him yet. So uh, he wanted to be on the show today. Is what I was trying to get across, though. Yeah. Well, but we'll we'll listen to your uh, your take. On we'll this. have to get him back soon because that was some great talk. Both weeks that we had Britton on here, uh, he really knows his football, if you will, and um, it was really a shame. Uh, first, I'll talk with about that game we couldn't cover, which was England Croatia semifinal match. Yep. Uh, England came out looking like they were ready to go to a World Cup final. Uh, scored in the fifth minute on a free kick from Trippier, and uh, really that was the that was the gross amount of highlights that England was going to have in this game. Um, They were really just on the back foot after that point. Um, Even, even though I felt like Croatia came out and looked like they had the most dead legs possible that could have been on a field. um, They looked slow. They looked sluggish. They looked like a team that had played to two penalty kick games before. Um, They were very, very resilient. And then sure enough, out of the half, 
Uh, 67th minute, they get a sneaky goal from Perisic uh, to equalize. And then, of course, they take the game into additional time. And uh, in the 109th minute, Mario Mandzukic, the uh, premier striker for Croatia, finally finds the back of the net on a beautifully crossed ball um, and puts Croatia up 2-1, and they don't look back from there. I mean, England really just could not figure out what to do to to break through for more goals. And obviously, Harry Kane wins the golden boot with six goals. There really wasn't anybody close. Um, Belgium's Romelu Lukaku was probably the most able to get to that feat. Uh, he came into the semifinals and third place match with uh, four goals in hand and really just couldn't find it. So Harry Kane wins the golden boot, but three of his six goals come off penalties and he really just was unable to find enough service to create opportunities in the attacking third for England. So Croatia defeats England in the semifinal match to make a third place game of Belgium versus England on Saturday. Uh, of course, I am a fan of Belgium. Uh, several of their national players play for a club team that I enjoy, Chelsea. Um, but they looked good. I mean, they just looked really good against England. Uh, even though Romelu Lukaku could not shake the concrete off of his feet, I mean, it was bad touch after bad touch. Uh, the rest of the team really found their form, uh, and they take care of England uh, in my opinion, very easily in, in the third-place game. Uh, it looked like they had something to play for. England looked like a team that was just... Had lost a chance to play in the World Cup Finals. Yeah, and then, and that was it for them. Like It was either World Cup Finals or nothing, and it, it really looked like they, they didn't show up for the third-place game, which is, is really sad because they're, they're such a young team and they have so much to look forward to. I think Gareth Southgate was a fantastic manager change for them. Um, obviously in bad circumstances, but you get a guy who is used to their youth national team who has been dominating soccer as of late. I believe their U-17s and U-20s both won World Cups for their the, the divisions of, them, of themselves, um, and he's been a big part of developing that young English talent. So to see him take charge of the premier national team I think is only going to be good for England as they move forward towards Euros and the next World Cup in four years so um, I think England has a lot to be excited for but they do have a lot of work to do and and it starts at their back four Uh, they were just getting beat off their shoulders weren't paying attention to runners in the box and and that's really where they got beat a whole lot Um, moving on though to Sunday we went over to our friend's house Uh, it was a French watch party for sure uh, the French family was nice enough to host us, but everybody was pretty much on Team France, uh, except for one family's little boy who was all Croatia. But hey, I understand. Sure. You, sometimes you just got to root for the underdog. You got to do it. Um, it was really funny, though, because uh, Jerome, who is the husband, he is so much more into sports. He's a lot like us. He gets really involved. He gets really attached to the team. Um, and so his nerves were just off the walls to, to start. Like once we got there, we got there about a little after nine. And, uh, so we had about an hour's worth of buildup to the game and his, his emotions were just getting the best of him. It's, it's funny to kind of watch that from the outside. Cause I don't get that too often. I mean, my teams are championship teams, so, you know, I'm, I'm used to winning, but, uh, Yabbage. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, his, his nerves were taking full effect. And I told him, I said, you know, regardless of the way this game goes, I think there's going to be an early goal 
And I think it doesn't really matter for France one way or the other because it's really going to set the tone. Either they're up and they get to press forward and defend that lead, or they're back and they really know what they have to work towards. But either way, I didn't see it as a bad thing for France. And uh, sure enough, uh, I believe it was the 17th or 18th minute, France finds the back of the net. Um, It ends up being a free kick taken by Antoine Griezmann, who just deflects it off the top of Mandzukic's head, and it's an own goal. I mean, it was one of those balls where the keeper probably had it if it just went through clean, but the slight deflection just changed it enough to make him think about it, and it just ended up in the back of the net. I mean, it was a clean, clean goal. Um, And then France really never looked back. Um, Their midfield was better. Their attacking third was better. And their defense, for as porous as it seemed at the beginning of the game, um, they found their rhythm and and their center backs, Varane and uh, Umtiti, just absolute phenomenal, amazing center backs. They protected their keeper at all costs. And uh, even Yoris came up with some big saves in this game um, that had to be made really to keep France on top for a long time. Um Croatia ends up equalizing, I believe. That was what happened. And then they just really never looked back. I mean, the the French team just looked like they had everything under control. The midfield was great. Um, they played very physical, which I thought was unique and something I don't think Croatia got a whole lot of. So they Croatia played physical almost the entire tournament. I mean, that was their MO was to be physical, press teams and push them. And and honestly, for as few fouls as they got called against them, when they received the same treatment back, it made it a lot harder for them. Um and you can call it exhaustion, you could call it whatever you want. France looked destined to win this World Cup. Uh, and they do so in a four to two fashion. Um, the second goal from Croatia was a huge mistake from Hugo Lloris. He takes a back pass, tries to be fancy with the footwork and dribble around him, and the dribble just ends up right in Mandzukic's foot, and he kicks it right in the back of the net. I mean, it was hilarious to watch, but also panicking for for French fans at the time. Um, at the time, was the score four one or was it three? It was four one at the time. So okay. imagine the score three one in that situation. Oh yeah, like they might hang that guy when they get they get back to France yes. if that doesn't go the right way. Well, what's hilarious is so <clears throat> Yoris does not play in France. He plays in the EPL in England for the Premier League. There, the keeper for Croatia, Subasic, actually plays in France. And so he's going to hear all of this anyway when they go back. But I wish, I almost wish it would have gotten levels to go to additional time or whatever, just because that would have given Subasic every lifeline to be able to like, well, hey, we were still in that game thanks to your keepers. So Mm, can't really fault me very much. Um, But I think it was just the end of the line. I mean, everybody likes a good underdog story. Croatia was not that. It, it was a team that was honestly looking to be the best team in Croatian history. Obviously, third place was the best they finished in 1998, where they also lost to France in a semifinal game. Um, but this Croatian team was fantastic. Uh, Luka Modric in the midfield ends up with a, uh, with the best player of the tournament award. Um 
And really, I mean, France took no individual awards away from this, but they took away the World Cup, which is everything to everyone. So um, it was great. And honestly, I want to know what you think about this. So the game happened. It ended. It was over. It was final. We had a winner. And then the rain started to come down. I don't know if you saw this game, but it started to pour during the the trophy presentation. Mm Mm-hmm. What is your favorite type of weather to celebrate in and why? Favorite type of weather to celebrate. So as a wrestler, you celebrate indoors. But I will say that um, I think probably... So my my first initial thought is to say sunshine. Because you've won, the sun is out, all things are good. Just metaphorically, it all makes sense. Uh, but I also want to say that snow would be fun to uh, celebrate in. Snow would be the best. I, I hate being cold, and I, I don't see myself really enjoying it, but just for, I think the pictures are better for snow than versus rain, because you can actually see the participation coming down from the from the sky. Yeah, uh, snow is a great one. Uh, sunshine is probably my favorite, because it's the best pictures. Obviously, you get sun in my face, the trophy, a nice gleam off of it. But I have to say, the pouring rain was an absolute fantastic thing to watch them celebrate in because these players just went around the field and just slid into every corner, yeah. every wall. I mean, it was it was so much fun to just see them like like kids, like, oh, it's raining, there's puddles, let's go out and play and just get absolutely filthy in this. Do you think Putin can control the weather in Russia? And he said, you know what, if Russia can't win, fucking let it pour. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, as soon as he left his little box up there, he just flipped the switch and said, make it rain. Make it rain. Uh, I want to bring it back to that goal that the goalie uh, almost gave up. Do you think J.R. Smith was sitting somewhere like, please, please let France lose this game? <laughs> oh, I guarantee J.R. Smith took futures that an own goal was going to happen on this because of his his uh, debauchery in the NBA Finals. We still need to come up with a term for when someone royally fucks up like a, a sporting event on like their own accord. Like I want to say a JR, he JR'd it. That doesn't sound right though. He, no. he, he juniored it. He, he jured it. He, he, so it, we need to work on, we need to work on this later, but um, one of the things in the world cup, not really sports related was pussy riot making a, um, their pussy riot loves headlines in Russia. Loves, That's like their favorite thing. I know. They, you know, they, they're making their appearance on the World Cup stage. Like, I don't really support anything that Pussy Riot does. I don't really know what they support, but, like, hats I off. I don't even listen to them, honestly. I, I didn't know they made music. I just I just know them as a group of people who's always getting in trouble. Hats off to them, though, for, for having the balls to run onto the field in the middle of the World Cup finals in Russia. Like, of all places to do this... Russia might be one of the most dangerous. And that was so maddening, too. Like, honestly, like, I saw it happen, and it was four different people that came on and then just split. Like, they all made a dash into the field and then broke off into their own separate ways to avoid people. And, I mean, it was in the run of play, too. So, like, literally, they had to stop on the ball and be like, all right, like, let's let's wait till this gets over with and then proceed with the game. (laughs) I mean, it was... It was absolutely hilarious. Like, it was, from a sports fan, it was, like, frustrating. But then at the end of the day, like, when you get to look back at it, you're like, so great. That was pretty hilarious. So great. What is the mind, like, there's, there's, I think every streaker 
or someone who runs on a field during a sport event goes through a series of thoughts, right? There's, oh, yeah, you have to. Like, what? They're like, the first, there's the planning stage where you and your friends say, okay, we're going to do this. And then there's the preparation where you're just pounding beers, I can only assume, to build the confidence up to do this. And then you, there's a part where you actually had to jump over the railing and get down onto the field level. Not even on the field yet, just on the field level. Yeah, and with soccer, there are several hurdles to get over. Yeah. Like, there's several walls to like, jump. Like, pussy rides are athletes, is, is as far as I'm concerned. And to get four through, that's fantastic. Yeah, to get four through and to make it that far into the field. Like, they they made it out there. Oh, yeah. And you got to think about, there's way more players on the field than, like, a basketball game. <laughs> like, you would have think that one of the players would have stepped in and tried to, you know, halt them at some point. You know what? I'm kind of upset, though, because with soccer, you know, it's impressive because there's uh, ushers all around the field as security to not let that happen. Yeah. In basketball, there's nobody, and there's literally courtside seats. I know. Why is there not more streaking in basketball? I, really I, I got to know this. I mean, it's just, I mean, I get it. You're going to get tackled quick because the court is not that big. Yeah. But, I mean, you're going to make it on TV because there's not that much to have a camera on. I know. Like, the, the bring it back to the mindset of the streaker. Like, during this whole process, is there any thought that you're like, you know what? I can get away with this. I'm pretty fast. I'm uh, I'm pretty elusive. I think I think every streaker their goal is to make it the lengthiest time because you're gonna get caught. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere like to go. there's absolutely zero where to go. But I gotta say, going out in full suits, I am a little disappointed there. If you're gonna run on the field, I wanna see clothes come off. I mean, that to me is the ultimate way to get on the field and make a display. See, I think if you want to make it on TV, you have to have clothes because um, FCC will not allow naked people running around the field, but they will allow them to continue filming if they're still clothed. So if your goal is to make it on TV... I mean, at least rip that shirt off. Keep keep your clothes on. Well, if they're women, oh, yeah. they have to keep That's your true. You know, equal rights. Oh, <laughs> well, you're going to drink your little bourbon for that. but I will. And um, I will say, on the end of... The end of the World Cup. Shout out to the Croatian president. That lady is an absolute boss. On the semi, or I believe it was a quarterfinal match, she wore a straight up like suit with like uh, more more or less like a dark orange, like a red orange color, and then the checkered orange and white, red and white top. Badass. But then for the finals, she was just like, no, I'm repping my team. I'm not dressing in a suit. I'm not being a politician today. I'm a fan. I'm wearing a jersey. I'm doing this for my team because they're doing it for our country. Shout out to her. And, I mean, she was front and center for everything. She she was stealing the show from from everybody, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, the opposite for Mr. Macron. You know, he wore his nicest suit for game day. His wife, though. Um, Brigitte is what I found out her name is. She's very nice. And uh, this did not pay off for Wilhelm because he went down to celebrate and it was pouring rain. So yeah, uh, he's the one who looks like a fool. Absolutely. Uh, so that's going to bring us to chicken wing guesses. Let's do it. Uh, uh, before you guess, Domingo, do you, do you have a guess for us? No? Okay, that's fine. Um, Domingo looks hungry. He's he just, look hungry. He's kind of grumpy. Would you like a hint before you guess? No, you know what? I think you knew what kind of show we were going to have tonight. I'm all about spices. I'm going in preparation for your trip. I'm going along the lines of Thai chili. 
All righty. Well, you'll have to tune back in to hear if Coach is right. And I guess we'll be right back. That'll happen right after the break with more well, sports. Well, y'all come back now, you hear? All right, welcome back to Sports Buzz. Uh, that was your boy Hermitude with some sweet chance. Hermitude. And uh, our show bet is looking as bad as it did. A couple innings ago, we are in the top of the seventh currently, uh, and the AL still up two to one. Uh, we have only had solo home runs in this game, so quite yeah. disappointing. Uh, not a great strategy if you're into scoring. Not at all. Uh, but Ballad, why don't you let us know what those chicken wings are going to be tonight? Chicken wings. I I got something a little special for Coach tonight uh, on Sunday. Did a little smoking of the meats, kind of what I do on Sundays. Hey there. And I knew it was just going to be us two. Hi there. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I smoked us some chicken wings. Oh, whole wings, not the not just the little flaps you usually do. Got oh, them on snap. Got a, on both sides of that, and then uh, marinated them today in the mango habanero. So, ho oh, there! These are going to be some lovely wings tonight. They're going to be good. And we got lucky. My roommate Joe was using the grill to cook some meat of his own. It's already ready. We're getting some leftover grill grill smoke too. Mm. So. Nothing like some leftover flavor on the grill. It's gonna be good. I know you're disappointed that you didn't get the the, the correct uh, flavor, but I think we're gonna make up for it with a delicious dinner tonight. I'll, su- I'll settle with not guessing the flavor and getting the best flavor wings. Yeah, and it's keto friendly. So hey, look at that. Always good. We're gonna have a good time then. Um, <clears throat> what are we doing next? Hey, so we've talked baseball for me tonight. We talked golf. For our buddy Dale right. in the pro show. If you didn't listen, go back. It's a Mad Libs version. It's pretty good. <laughs> we got our boy Chad on the phone, which is a mystery how we did that. Uh, and now we're going to do Ballad's favorite time of the year. Let's do it, baby. Fargo. Fargo. Uh, we're through the freestyle results. Uh, we're currently in Greco. Yep. Greco starts tomorrow. So if you don't have your Fargo subscription... You definitely want to get on that because we're gonna get. I mean, we're we're past the the highlight reel stuff, but uh, some quality wrestling still to be had. Oh yeah, yeah. Free plug for Flow Wrestling. Tried to get Mister Willie Slayer on the uh, on the podcast tonight and teased me a little bit. Asked me what time he'd want to call in at, and never responded to. What the, a tease! I know, hurts my feelings. Well, Hurt my feelings, Willie. But that's okay. Well, I think this week we're gonna have to use the hashtag Willie the Tease on Willie anything tease. we do. So. Uh, but uh, Willie's been doing a great job keeping us up to date. He's feet on the ground there for Flow Wrestling. I mean, um, he's got his work cut out for him. He's in the peak of uh, Flow Wrestling time. It's going on right now, and I'll tell you what. the I'm going to focus on the junior men's freestyle division because these are the guys, these are some of the older high school kids. You had a couple of also uh, graduated seniors who decided to participate. And I want to start with the final team scores. Um, let's 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 take a quiz. If you remember from last year, okay. this this team wins every fucking year. Who do you think won? Uh, I'm gonna say Penn State. Uh, no, the uh, the correct answer was Illinois. Oh. Illinois has won this. Goddamn Midwest, dude. I know. 
Well, it's funny. I was listening to another podcast from Flow Wrestling, and one of the guys on uh, got roasted on Twitter because he said that you know one of the main reasons Illinois wins is because they send so many more kids, which seems obvious and is definitely true. But wrestling Twitter, I mean, just the guys from Illinois just hated, hated hearing that. But it shows up again. They score 95 points to win. Behind them, Ohio is 62. Iowa right behind them with third place with 61. Pennsylvania, uh, 35. And then Wisconsin right behind them at 34. I always forget so, that these are the kids. Yeah. So, so you're, it's by you're, state, right? Your guess of Penn State was yeah, uh, terrible. If it's multi, multiple ch- uh, multiple guess, you would have not had that selection. So it's bad. It's not good. <laughs> not good. Um, but I can almost guarantee several of those kids are going to Penn State. Yeah, I. So <laughs> one of the storylines I said at the beginning of this that I wanted to track was that we had someone who was going to try to do something that's only been done twice. Uh, which was go undefeated. The four Peter. The four Peter. Mr. Anthony Artolino. Art Alano from Florida. Anthony A, double A, as you know him. Double A. Double A, as you know him. Uh, lost his first match in four years on July 16th, yesterday, in the quarterfinals. Oh, no. To none other. Then Daniel Manborg from Texas, baby. Hey. The guy, the guy from Texas gets it done. Kid out of uh, kid out of Houston, and uh, serves Anthony his first loss at this tournament in over four years. Stops him from making history. Hey, serves him right though. I mean, if he's been in Houston, he's been dealing with Harvey. He's been wrestling Gators. So I mean, he he was he had a little advantage going into this match. I know trials and tribulations. So, um, what what upsets me about this is that Anthony does not finish the tournament after this loss. Oh, no. He injury defaults out of his last match, which puts him at two losses out of the tournament. Was Uh, was it an emotional injury or was it physical? I I went back and watched the match, and Anthony did take an injury time in the middle of the match, uh, and the injury did seem to bother him throughout, but I I do question whether or not he was truly injured or if, if... if mentally he was just not w- willing and ready to continue on. Uh, not really for me to say. Uh, you know, I'm not in his corner. I don't have the inside scoop on that. But um, I will say, uh, pro- probably undeservingly, that I was I was disappointed to hear that that happened. You know, sure. uh, wrestling such a big mental sport. We talk about uh, what it takes to make weight and just all the mental games that are included in uh, this great sport. And to see him not finish the tournament after that loss uh, you know, said a lot about him to me. Sure. Um, I think more will be said about Anthony in the years to come. Uh, he's got a pretty bright future of wrestling ahead of him, so I think we'll see more of him in the future. Uh, for as much wrestling talk as we do, I think we'll we'll even hit him again uh, at some point. Um, but we'll hear from him again. Obviously, we wish him the best for his future career, but it is disappointing when you get to these types of things. You know, Fargo is by far the biggest event for wrestling, especially for, for this kind of age group. So absolutely. um, I think it says a lot for his first big time on the big stage. Um, But hopefully he'll have more opportunities to uh, prove us wrong. I guess. Absolutely. And um, hopefully he will. Yeah. Um, 
I know I said I want to talk juniors, but there's an amazing story out of the cadet division at 126. Dominic Serrano from Colorado. Listen to this stat. Outscored his opponents 68 to 1 Mike. in his in route to his Fargo title. Willie came over the top and said that one point he gave up was a caution for hands to the face. So it wasn't even his opponent scoring, it was him penalty scoring against himself. Penalty <laughs> point. Um that is what we call in the wrestling world domination. Um and for a kid out of Colorado, a state that's not really known for the wrestling talent, uh, pretty impressive, uh, especially in a very, very competitive weight class in 126. If you think about high school kids, there's a lot of kids who are weighing around that size, or cut, I should say even cutting down to that weight. Um, so hats off to Mr. Serrano. That is that is impressive stuff. I mean, I'm just amazed. Uh I've come to watch more and more wrestling. Obviously, my cousin did a little bit in high school, so that's where my first taste of it came from. You have been a big influence and uh, a force to put that in our lives. Well, and you. so, uh, you know, being privy to that, I think this is, it's definitely one of those sports that just, it flies under the radar because of what it is and the perception of it. But I think when you really get into the sport, you realize it's so, so much more than that. It's it's grueling, it's physical, it's mental, it's it's everything that you want to see out of competition. And these guys go and give it all when they get this they hit this mat. Yeah, it's amazing. And you know, the this this tournament is such a big recruiting ground. Um, you know, the thing that you see the most here is just college recruits or I should say scouts everywhere trying to find the next best thing. And it is really cool to see these guys put it on the line, you know, to, to improve their lives. You know, a lot of these guys, they're not going to go to college unless they, uh, unless they have a a scholarship. So uh, hats off to them. Uh, Another great stat, Brayton Lee out of Indiana committed to Minnesota. Uh, sixty-one and zero against his opponents entering the finals. So, just an, another amazing tournament for Brayton Lee, just charging his way through the one fifty-two bracket in the junior division of of all divisions. So, <clears throat> uh, really impressive stuff from uh, the man from Indiana. Um, want to highlight a couple of other guys who just just really really impressed me um at at 170 uh Carson Carlock from Ohio in the finals uh took on Dustin Plot from Oklahoma Dustin Plot going into the tournament was the consensus number 1 ranked high school kid at 170 wow Carson 10-0 tech fall in the first minute and ten sec and eleven seconds of the finals. It's embarrassing. It was it was kind of embarrassing. Like he beasted uh Dustin and he did it with he 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 took him down three different times and had a gut wrench that it literally looked like Dustin might throw up a rib. Oh like, goodness. It was it was intense to watch. Um, he hit it from the left side every so- every time, but he would come and fake to the right 
even though everyone knew he was he was going back to the left. And Carson just imposed his will on the number one ranked kid in the country. It was very, very impressive to watch. Now that's a true underdog story. I, w- I will say, though, if there's one thing I do want to see in wrestling, it's someone just pin somebody and then watch them throw up on the mat and just puke. I mean, I doubt wrestlers have anything in their stomach by the time it comes to wrestling, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be something I would watch. What's much more common than you would think is actually someone shitting their mat, sitting themselves <laughs> on the mat. Uh, I knew a guy who I, I won't name. Uh, actually, at Fargo, uh, he got he got thrown for five. Uh, which means your feet go over your head in the oh, middle goodness of the throw. Gracious. And he shit himself when he hit the mat. Well, no, that's an event. Yeah, so it happens, you know, <laughs> one orifice or the other. Um, <laughs> well, that's a sight to see. But, you know, the, the story of the finals was Tech Falls. At 100, 10-0, first minute, four seconds. At 106, 11-3. That's not a Tech Fall, but... It's that, dominant. That's a beating. Um... At 120, there was a pin in the first uh, minute 30 seconds. At 126, tech fall at 210. Um, 145, tech fall at 12 uh, at 134. Um, 160, tech fall uh, at 553. Right at the end of the match, that's a that's a that's a hard one to come back from. At 182, 11-0, tech fall at 257. 195, tech fall 327. Um, and then at heavyweight, 10-0 match at 114. So I've always said this about almost all tournaments, but I think Fargo is especially one of these tournaments where the semifinals are better than the finals. Because there's this there's this thing that happens when, when you're going into the finals. There's really two different mindsets. And I don't think you can avoid. You're just, just either one of these two people. You either go into the match to win it or you go in not to lose it Mm. and that's like one of the worst things you can do um and people coaches will try to coach it that you want to be aggressive all the time but some people that's just how they are and it's just a really hard habit to shake and i think that shows up in some of these these bouts where you just get some of the best kids in the country who are going to get D one scholarships just get completely waxed on the on the on the biggest stage. So uh, hard to watch sometimes, but it gives the fans what they want. Absolutely, and that's upsets and intrigue all the way through. Absolutely, and uh, Greco will start tomorrow with the cadets. Uh, juniors get a day off. So um, the eighteenth, so a couple days ago, if you're listening now. But true. Uh, uh, by the time you're listening to this. The finals for some of these divisions have already happened. So I'll get you all a Greco update uh, next Tuesday. But for now, maybe we're checking them out on Flow Wrestling. Well, that sounds delightful, Ballad. Thank you for that update. Uh, and another update, we have hit the seventh inning stretch. Uh, and I have noticed that I should be a professional baseball player. Yeah, My mullet is as good, if not better, than most of these guys. Uh, I guess I just need to figure out my swing lately. Um, but look at that. We got another solo home run. So, uh, it is now two to two. This is the best thing that could have happened, Ballad, because now we could get extra innings out of this. I would love extra innings. And just keep going the whole way. So, bottom of the seventh, uh, it is now two to two. The, uh, the uh, man, uh, Story, the third baseman from the Colorado Rockies, has hit a solo home run to add to the total. 
There are now four solo home runs in this game, uh, which is our total for the game right now. Not only good for the bet, but there is time, and only time will tell. So we will move. So al- frustrating. <laughs> we will move along to front page news. Front page news. Chad's favorite segment. <laughs> um, I need to pull up some front page news. Kind of forgot that we were uh, doing. It. You know, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll let you. I'll let you go ahead and do that. Uh, I want to remind the folks at home. Uh, we are forty. If you're listening on Friday, we are forty three days until Texas football kicks off. Um, it is fast approaching. We are under two months until the start of football season. Uh, pretty soon we'll be under one month, and uh, football will be back. I uh, hope you got your fantasy draft scheduled because time is running out. Uh, so get those in order. I know that for the League I Commission, we still have to decide that. So, yeah. uh, Did I tell you that I'm going to so be time. in Thailand like the entire time that you would ever what's draft? Your, what's your uh, time difference for that? 12 hours. So, so so some if you started your if your league started the draft at six p.m. you'd be drafting at six a.m. Yeah, uh, I think you know this is kind of off topic, but I think I'm gonna go auto draft season. Ooh. I haven't won a championship yet, and I've been giving 110 percent every draft. <laughs> like you know what? Start off with minimal this effort. Is the, this is the perfect opportunity to let God decide if I should be good at <laughs> fantasy. I'll just put, I'll just, I, I think what I will do is I'll set a couple of rules. I'll tell like someone at each draft, say, okay, don't take a defense to the last round. Don't take a kicker to the second to last round. And I'll say, like, don't take a quarterback until like eighth round. Other than that, just take the best player available. So you're going to set your pre-draft rankings? No, I'll just, I'll, I'll just take whatever's on the board. Like literally whatever system we're using, whoever's rated the highest right there, give them to me. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. And then I might say, like, okay, here are some players that I don't want. Like some injured players, you know, you know things like that. Um, we're we're, we're going to get in some good fantasy talk come uh, pro show time. We, we're both going to have to drink for this one, I, guess, I suppose, since we're in the amateur hour. But. That's fair. So, I'm front, ready for front page news, though. Front page news? Let's and get it. we've got a gem coming out of Florida. Ooh, I love Florida. Dan Mullen, the new coach of Florida, oh. wants the program to be fun again. That's a quote. His quote exactly is, everything around the program needs to be getting back to being fun. I wonder what fun stands for, for Dan Mullen. Fear. I don't even know you words. Um, as a guy who has a Florida future on season win totals having the over, this is not the type of talk I want coming out of Gainesville. That we're here to have fun. Well, what if fun stands for Florida unbeaten national champions? I mean, I'm good with that. But football seasons and careers are not built on having fun. They're built on working hard and not having fun, if I had to guess. Well, here's my thing. I'll tell you this, Dan Mullen. Uh, you want to know what's fun? Winning. Winning is fun. So if you want to have fun, go win some games. Uh, Florida has been known for blowing tons of games lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not highly competitive at the top of their divisions. So you want to have fun, win an SEC championship, win a national championship, get 
to a high win total and stop dicking around in Florida because there are expectations there. And Florida State has been overshadowing you for the last half decade. It's time to come out of the shadow and do your own thing now. Now Miami. Jimbo Fisher is gone. Miami's on the rise in the ACC. So really, if Florida's going to make a stand, and UCF just won a national championship. So really, if you're looking at the scope of Florida, the Florida Gators are dropping on that totem pole. And you want to have fun? Win some games. I promise you, every kid in that locker room will have fun if you win. Uh, Dan Mullen with the recruiting quote of the year. Quote, I'm the opposite of President Donald Trump. I'm in here to fill that swamp, not drain it. Oh my God. <laughs> if I'm if I'm an African-American football player, that, that gets me excited to play for Dan Mullen. Um, Dan Mullen says that he wants to put more points on the board, so you're going to catch me betting a lot of Florida overs. I'm all over Florida all season. Put it down right now. Put me down for Florida overs. Here's the thing. I think he just showed his hand, though. I bet Florida comes out with tons of trick plays this year. Mm, oh, yeah. A lot of trick plays from Florida. That'll what, be fun to watch. What do you think Florida nicknames their their trick plays? They probably just number them. <laughs> or or they name they name them like uh like based on like the worst hurricanes that have ever hit. <laughs> The state. No, it's gotta be something fun, coach. It's gotta be something fun. Nah, nah. If you're gonna have fun, you gotta have like some dark, ambiguous plot behind the scenes going on. Very true. Uh moving on. At Big Twelve Media Day, Tom Herman was asked who's gonna make play calls for University of Texas. Nobody. Herman said. says no decision has been made. <laughs> so either Tom Herman is a liar or we are way behind in prep for the 2018 season. I don't think we're way behind. Um, it's no no secret that Tom Herman is an offensive mind. Um, he brought in his best buddy, Tim Beck, to run the offense. So I feel like it's going to... I feel like that's a fair answer from him because I feel like it's going to be back and forth between them. I think Beck will call plays. But I think if Tom Herman says otherwise, I think he'll override plays. Um, I, I think it's got to, Texas has been so bad offensively for the last six, seven years. Like, I mean, and that's not all Tom Herman, obviously, but their offense has been bad. So really, that is the biggest question mark. Is your offensive line good enough? What kind of plays can you call if your offensive line is giving you less than three seconds to throw a football? Like, these are the questions that these guys are really having to ask. And I think at the end of the day, um, it will be this balance of Tim Beck feeding off of Tom Herman and Tom Herman feeding off of Tim Beck and what's going on in the game. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I, I think that's honestly probably the most honest answer he gave in his press conference. Uh, speaking of honest answers, uh, Mike Gundy. Uh, came out and said that he was not upset by the Oklahoma State Athletic Director Mike Holder's comments that, quote, Oklahoma State's needed better recruiters. Um, basically said, I knew what he was trying to say. He didn't go for, he didn't do a good job getting the information out there. That's the same thing I told him. He was very apologetic. And I said, Coach, I know exactly what you're trying to accomplish. You don't have to worry about me. So, do you think Mike Gundy was being honest in his comments about not being pissed that he's getting called out by his boss? Fuck no. And emphatically, fuck no. 
Gundy, I guarantee you, went to his AD's office and said, what the fuck are you saying? Like, why would you go out and say that? That doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, we're not cohesive. We're not even showing that we're on the same team here. Like, that is the most undermining kind of comment you can make. Granted, true. However, (laughs) you undermined the basic principle of your program, which was the head coach who has driven the success of that program in in recent years. So I, I think that's a bullshit move by the athletic director. I think that is a politically correct answer that Gundy made. But look. I know. I got a mullet, too. There's no way Gundy went in that office, calm as could be, and just said, hey, like, what's going on? Like, no. Swear words were used. We found a common Language ground. Language you would never use on this fucking podcast. <laughs> and they moved on. I mean, they're grown men, so, like, obviously we move on from it. But I, I think that that meeting, he underplayed it. He swept it under the rug, which is what you have to do. Don't get me wrong. But I guarantee you, if we're in that office... That's not the kind of conversation we heard. And right after this happened, Coach Gundy sent a tweet out of two emojis. Um, one's, kind, one's kind of like a sad face, and then the other one is like a, hmm, thinking face. Oh, the thinker. Um, so, of course, people asked him about his tweet at Big 12 Media Day, and he had to give this response. Quote, I try to get hits on social media. <laughs> I'm not worried about what he did. I'm trying to get hits. He lobbed me a pitch for a great Twitter hit. I'm not sure if it's worse that he had to use that excuse or if he is actually really concerned with getting hits on Twitter. Bravo. Honestly, I think Gundy is ahead of the curve with most coaches. He understands how this social media game is played, and he is trying to get as many brownie points with social media as he can with these young kids because what's the problem we were talking about? Recruiting. Recruiting. <laughs> you know what these kids in high school are looking at? Fucking Twitter. Yep. So, primo job by Gundy here because he did the back. absolute best thing he could by say, by getting – it's about the kids. And, like, he's only bringing in more kids that way. Yep. Now, he's got to get some, some blue-chip kids. Like, he's got to get some five-star recruits and make that program better. But that's another story for another time. Yes, it is. And that is going to wrap up front-page news. And I have a proposition for you. Let's do it. Our wings are ready. I don't have anything for first impressions. I say we skip the nightcap and save our hundred things for when our boys get back so we don't move too far along without them. What do you say? You know what? I've thought about it. I've spent some time consoling with myself, uh, talking to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yep. Uh, And you know what? I'm going to crack this beer open, this beautiful, delicious, strange land brew, which is a beer for any, every, and all occasions. Yes, it is. And this occasion is going to call for wings. So we're going to wrap this up and do a nice hour show for everybody. And uh, we will see you next week here with some more sports buzz. This party is officially over. (laughs) 